Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ogre and the Ass podcast, and you are now entering the swamp. Hey, Eric, how you doing today, bro? Pretty good, good, man. How about you? Oh, you know it's another day in paradise for me. It always is. All right, the swamp. The swamp. Every time we get to come back in the swamp, which is our own living room, but hey, who cares, you know? <laughs> well, look at the floor. It looks like a swamp. I'll just mop this. Sorry, I didn't mop it. What do you call it again? <laughs> I cleaned the carpets. There you go. I had a funny part. How far away are you going to talk from your mic? People need to hear you. Yeah, that bad. How about you scoot it closer to you? All right, much better. There we go. But yeah, no, the floor looks atrocious. We just had it cleaned, what, a month ago? I don't know. I don't know. We can clean that up later. You need another mop and a bucket. <laughs> Anyone got a bucket and a mop? <laughs> uh, we're asking for a friend. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's see if anyone gets that. <clears throat> anyway. Well, so first and foremost, before we get into today, we want to give a little bit of an apology for last week's podcast. For those of you who watch us on YouTube, uh, you only had one angle. <laughs> it was it was the ass end. Yeah, the ass end <laughs> angle. That's true. We had some technical difficulties, so definitely regarding our camera. Sorry about that. So you only got one angle of it. Hopefully this week we got this figured out. We don't have anyone behind the camera. So we're doing this on our own. We ballers on a budget. Right. Broke was a joke. <laughs> right. I need someone behind those cameras. <laughs> Anyway, it's right. Like just like Joe Rogan has, he has his own Jamie, <laughs> someone back there. Anyway, so let's let's get into our prompt for the day, Eric. So <clears throat> something we've we've wanted to talk about, something we've kind of tossed around back and forth, is that we're going to talk about toxic masculinity. Mm, toxic, toxic. Tell me something, okay, Eric? I want to hear it in your own words. What is toxic masculinity? My own words. Let me hear it. <sighs> Oh, well, let me just be the ass on this part and just say, <laughs> to me, toxic masculinity is something that lesser people make up to make themselves feel better about being little bitches. <laughs> but with that said, I do understand on the other side, you do have some chauvinistic people out there who think just because I'm the man, you will listen to me because that is just how it is. Whether you throw in God or throw in, you know, politics, whatever reason you want to throw in for the excuse of, you know, being, you know, that chauvinistic asshole. It doesn't look good on all men. So I do believe in toxic masculinity, but I feel like for the most part, most people just throw it out there, kind of like a racism or a Nazism. It's just a word now. <laughs> so it can really, it's just like anything dealing with masculinity, then, in your opinion, that people just want to use to weaponize it to make someone like to belittle them. Yeah, just shut them down, you know? It's kind of, you know, depowering when it's like, oh, am I being chauvinistic or am I just being correct? But I don't know anymore because people are shutting me down because they're calling me this and that. <clears throat> so, yeah, like I guess from my own point of view with toxic masculinity, if I had to put in my own words, um, it's definitely taking the points of like, I'm going to put this in a more of, uh, of a scenario, I guess. But, you know, you see a kid crying, like a little boy crying. He's like, hey, like boys don't cry. Men, <laughs> men don't do that. Yeah. What do you feel about it in that aspect? I could believe that. And I'm, I'm saying this from a black person's perspective, you know, like from a black man's perspective, can't say the word, perspective. perspective. So are you representing the whole black demographic right now? Oh, no, no. I'm not a monolith. <laughs> but I am saying this much, that as a black man, you know, you're taught, you know, to be tough and be strong and be aggressive at all times. And even people who hear this, they might just disagree and say, that's not true. Some people might say that, but if you're smart, if you've been in the black community your whole life, even if you're white or, you know, Asian or whatever, if you know black people, you know how the parents get down. Most parents, you know, I'm not gonna say they're overly aggressive, but the mom will whoop your ass. The dad will whoop right. your ass. The uncle will whoop your ass. <laughs> what about the grandma? <laughs> whoop your ass. You are not equals. <laughs> you're getting you get in the 1950s on that one, huh? Exactly. <laughs> 
in, in the words of my grandma, uh, she would always say, you know, we are not equals. And <laughs> <laughs> you got to remind them. <laughs> and, and so it's funny because uh, in my, I, I was in this quickly, but I've noticed that now a lot of people, especially black men, are coming out and they're saying, usually millennials my age, in their 30s and 20s, yeah. they're saying, okay, how I was raised up in the 90s and early 2000s wasn't really proper. It's good to be emotional. Just don't be overly, overly emotional. Just be open about your emotions and handle them properly besides just burying them deep. And that's something I did too. You know, as a black guy, I was just like, all right, I'm beating your ass or, you know, or I'm getting my older brothers. They're going to beat your ass. But somebody's ass <laughs> getting beat. Someone's getting it. <laughs> I like that. But the older I've gotten, more I realized it's not really necessary to always beat someone's ass. But what are, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so with toxic masculinity, I think there's a line. What the hell did you just hit? Sorry, it's fine. All right, <laughs> watch yourself. <laughs> um, no, with the, what the hell is on our table? Okay, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I think with toxic masculinity, getting into that, there is a fine line. There is a part where I feel like everyone needs to play the role, uh, but to understand that you're still allowed to be a human being that we forget that men need to be men. Women need to be women. Uh, and if people want to vary in that, that's fine too. I'm not going to stop them on that. I'm not going to tell people to do with their life. Um, but at the end, but I think what people forget is like, I'm a man. It's like, no, you're still first a human. You still have emotions first. I think sometimes I see that with the kids I work with. Some of them had to grow up in a tougher situation. And so they think showing certain emotion, is like, they're not a warrior. They're not a, <clears throat> they're not a man. And I have to let them know, like, no, you're still a person. You're, you're prone to emotional, um, devastation to being uh, attacked emotionally to having these open wounds and vulnerabilities that you need to talk about. And so I think something for me, I remember growing up and I, I said something was cute once and I won't say who I ain't going to dog on the person. No, just, uh, just no, 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 no. Just in case they're listening, I ain't going to dog on it. But they said like, Hey, like boys don't say things are cute. I'm like, really? Like we can't say stuff's cute. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I remember just being like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to say it. But Still, like someone kind of checked me on. It. I'm like, that's crazy. Um, no, no, that's what you call being gay. Don't say that's, don't say that's cute. That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Don't say that. Especially out of everyone, you. <laughs> hey, gay is gay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. I'm going to let you deal with the LGBTQ plus community. This isn't my fight. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that fine line too is understanding. Like, where do you think? Okay, so Eric, where do you think that line is? So obviously I know you're the ass that you're going to be an asshole about this, right. but at what point is it toxic? And at what point is it necessary? One thing I've learned with working with kids when I used to back in the day was just, you know, I used to work in Florida, right? At, at, a, at, a, oh. at that, that ass end of the United States, <laughs> Florida <laughs> at a, uh, what's the penitentiary? It was a lockdown facility. I for don't youth. care who you are. You gotta be you tough know. to be in Florida. I got to be something retarded. I was retarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to work at a treatment facility for a bunch of kids who were like juvenile delinquents. You know, they were good kids. They just ran in with the bad crowd. Yeah. You know, very rarely you met a kid who murdered somebody. Most of the time it was car thefts or, you know, uh, fights, holding guns, drugs, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, and, you know, some of them banged, some of them didn't. But the point is, you know, they've all came from all walks of life. And I've learned, especially, you know, dealing with a lot of the, uh, you know, Haitian kids, you know, d dealing with the uh, Puerto Rican kids, they respect strength more than anything. And so I took that to heart and I realized, hmm, how much, like, like you said, how much strength is bad? 
Because there were times where I would actually actually had to look at the mirror and say, man, I am not the person who I was when I first moved out here dealing with these kids, you know, who respect strength. You know, they all respect me when I lost my shit, you know, and I like handle them. Man oh, OK. So it's like but at the end of the day, I didn't want to be, you know, that angry black guy who had to beat the hell out of some kids, you know. And of course, I always say I beat my kids ass, too. But the older I get, the more, like I said before, the more I realize you don't all got to go hands on. So for me, going too far would have to be the fact that I would have to always go straight hands on. And yeah. my patience was very thin with those kids. I love them, but my patience was very thin. And it's not a healthy thing either. And as I moved to Utah, I learned how to work with these kids. You know, I learned to be a lot more open, you know, to talking and a lot more open to this. More and, vulnerable. Yeah, more vulnerable. Oh, yeah, more vulnerable. I opened, to these, I opened up to these kids in Utah way more than I did with the kids in Florida. And it actually helped a lot in Utah. And even in Florida, it helped when I opened up here and there. But for the most part, you know, I was still more stricter, more discipline, more disciplinarian in Florida than Utah. But it worked either way. I mean, I learned in Utah just to be more open and that helped me be less abrasive with kids, less, you know, hands on. Yeah. I think there's a couple things to the toxic masculinity um, to that, to a certain point, because people use it and they'll, they'll attack like all aspects of masculinity, but it is needed. I think in all, like, it, it, it is absolutely needed. Um, and I understand setting a tone. There's, there's setting a tone of like, you know, I have boundaries and I will protect my boundaries. Um, <clears throat> but then there's also, like you said, just being overly aggressive, but maybe that's usually to cover something up. So something, so I, I do the trainings for a lot of, uh, of the new hires who come in and something we have to go over with them is, uh, <clears throat> sorry, is that all bad behavior comes from an unmet need. And you got to find what that unmet need is and that way you can deal with it. And it's not, I've told them, it's not just with your clients, but it's with yourself. If you have a bad behavior, you need to figure out what that unmet need is and how you're going to deal with it, how you're going to address it. And I think a lot of the time uh, it's anger with men. Of course, we're talking about masculinity. I'm going to keep this with men, not to be disrespectful to anyone else out there. We love y'all. If you want to be a man and you weren't born one, I ain't going to stop you. Stay in y'all lane, ladies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, we getting canceled. <laughs> out of everybody, you? I'm just saying, all right? In the words of James Brown, this is the man's world. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good thing you're joking, man. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I had so much I wanted to say. Okay. Um, But I think one part of like the toxic masculinity is like when people are not allowed to show emotion. Whether it be saying something's cute or if it's crying, if it's saying suck it up, man up, stuff like that. I, I do believe that to an extent. Because uh, I have to say, it's actually when you're trying to be at your toughest, like trying to be angry, that you feel really weak. You know why? Because you have to be by yourself. Like I truly believe an angry man stands on no man's land. Uh, and that's what I think. Because when you're angry, at least I, with me and what I see with people, when you get angry... Um, and I'll go into the science of it, but when you get angry, your limbic system kicks into gear and it's just your, your limbic system is a part of your brain and it identifies what is a threat and what isn't. And it's in, responsible for your three instincts, fight, flight, or freeze. And so when your limbic system sees somebody, it's just going to, to identify, are you a threat or are you not? And that's all it's going to see. It's not going to like, if I got pissed, I'm going to be like, oh, here's my buddy, Eric, who I've known for 14 years, 14 plus years. I'm just going to look like, is he trying to put his hands on me or not? And once I categorize you, then I just deal with you after that. It's either, and that's obviously goes in certain aspects. No one just jumps from zero to a hundred. If they do, they have a serious issue. But, you know, I'm talking about yeah. when we keep letting that stuff go on. Cause we just like, how many angry, like, look, let's go back to the fifties. How many men probably were not happy with their lives? Cause they had to just go to work. Uh, especially back then it was probably working like six days a week, 
go to work, come back. You have stuff to do. Take care of the kids. And then you got to go back to work. Rinse, rinse and repeat. Rinse yeah. and repeat for 40 years. How many of them were hiding emotions or wants, dreams, desires? And not just, and I, I know it's not just men, but of course we're just sticking on men for this one. Um, but how many of them were not able to follow through with their emotions? How many people, let's say back in the, like back in the fifties, guess what? They were still, there was homosexuality back in the fifties. What? I know it ain't new. I thought it was new. <laughs> like 2008. <laughs> no, there's homosexuality back then too. And obviously I'm just picking an, an era, a time era, but obviously that's something you, you definitely couldn't show that back then. Oh, yeah. Damn. It's barely something you could show today. <laughs> and so it's just one of those things of being so toxic with this, uh, this culture that you cannot be who you are, who you want to be, whether it is. Uh, and actually I think it's, it's interesting that when I read Plato, Reading Plato, he talked about a warrior, but he'd always talked about a poet warrior. Oh, yeah. Someone who could find that part of themselves, be a poet, but still be a warrior at the same time. Even back then, he understood the need for balance in everyone's life. Yeah. And so we need to, I think every man needs to find that in themselves. Something that is like, that makes them a warrior and makes them uh, a poet at the same time. Do, do you also think though, because I think here's my interesting thing I've learned. European men don't mind showing affection or even Muslim men. They will kiss each other on both sides of the cheek. And it's a norm in those other cultures. Only in America no, yeah. do we build, do we hold together all these emotions and we bring it out in the worst case scenario sometimes. Yeah. And maybe that's it. I, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, I mean, I've never traveled to Europe yet. Um, I just know we're different here in some ways. Obviously we are amazing in some ways in our culture and in some ways we're still really immature. Uh, and maybe that's just one of them. Um, but actually, I'll also say this, too, in that there are definitely other cultures that, like, mm -mm, you can't show, like, that kind of stuff. You have to be a hard guy the whole time. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Um, you kind of talked about some Muslim cultures. Well, try taking, you know, homosexuality over to Afghanistan and tell me how oh, well yeah. they accept you. There's definitely limitations. you got to right? hide that, right? <laughs> they ain't going to accept you there. Lock it up. <laughs> so that's just something like that. that. That's just one example, I feel like. Uh, one thing with toxic masculinity as well, kind of going off of that. <clears throat> Is that like it, it's I think it's something for you to identify with. Like it is something that you have to decide. Is this toxic? Am I being toxic right now? Because it could be anything like today with all the SJWs who are ready to go to war on their keyboard. You could help an old lady cross the road. Something so innocent and sweet. And they'd be like, what, you think she couldn't do it on her own? You think she's not strong enough? It's like, shut up. Yeah, there are the petty ones out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like they're going to try and define it for you. But you got to define that for yourself. Finding that warrior poet that Plato talked about, and I think is just amazing uh, to keep in mind. I think, honestly, the best people out there are the ones who can, you know, open up that door for a lady and ignore all the, you know, attacks on his manhood saying, well, what, you think because you're a man, you can help her out, you know, just let her do it herself. You know, a lot, a lot of good men will just ignore that and still be a gentleman. I Those think, are the best ones. I think that's the poet side. That's yeah. the, I'm not doing this because she's a woman or I'm not doing it because I'm a man. I'm doing it because I'm a good person. Exactly. Right. It's like, I'm not, maybe it wouldn't matter what's dangling between the legs or not. Maybe they're going to hold the door open regardless. Yeah. One of those things, you know, yeah. uh, but definitely where it crosses the line when it's a go make me a sandwich. <laughs> That's not OK. <laughs> Cannot have that. Better be a good sandwich, too. Right. <laughs> Give her the Ike Turner look. Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what's that movie called? Give it a shout out. Oh, uh, it's from uh, Tina Turner back in the 90s. I think it's Angela Bassett. The oh, chi okay. the chick who played uh, the I guess. 
Black Panther's mom in Wakanda. Oh, okay. In the Black Panther movie. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, but I think her name is Bassett, though. She played Tina Turner in this movie that came out in the 90s. It's a good movie, though. <laughs> oh, Ike and Tina. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And Ike is played by uh, Morpheus, you know, Fish. What's his name? Fisher? <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, Fishburn. Yeah, Fishborn. Something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think his real name is Morpheus, but I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Morpheus. <laughs> but I love that, though. Just... <laughs> so. <clears throat> So getting into this then, because some people are like, so how do I draw my own line of toxic masculinity? What is like, how do you set your own morals and boundaries? And really, that's kind of hard. Like some people find religion to do that. Some people probably just find philosophers they cling to of what they want to do. Um, but something to the last one's probably the best bet, though. May, probably. Yeah. Because with religious people, whether you're like Christian or Islamic, people will just find ways I think to that's be true. assholes. Well, I think that's true, too. Like, again, yeah. you go to some like Muslim countries, like... Toxic masculinity is telling women you can't show anything but your eyes. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, that's not toxic to them. That's just what it is. So whatever. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and rag on anybody. So maybe following a philosopher, finding a teacher of some sense, a mentor would be the best idea. Um, but going through to that too, you have to hold true to it. Because uh, again, people are going to redefine it for you. Again, you could hold open a door for someone like, oh, you think I couldn't hold open my own door? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you think I'm just because I'm a woman, I can't hold open a door? No, it's not that. Girl, I will choke you out. <laughs> equal rights and less. <laughs> Stop. No. Stop. Equal rights, equal fights. <laughs> oh, boy. I bet there's uh, – maybe we should bring someone on to talk about that. Talk about it from the female's perspective because that's not something we have a right to talk about. That's, that's true. We don't. I want to definitely hear from their perspective as well. Um, but uh, one thing that, that does stick out to me with toxic masculinity is that – how fast people will come in and then try to actually justify their actions in the opposite. So when someone goes too far and they'll just, and let's say someone goes, Hey, that's, that was toxic. Something you did, or they'll say like that, that falls under toxic masculinity. Like, no, that doesn't like, yeah, they'll be like, no, you're just trying to use that word on everything. You're just trying to destroy masculinity. Guess what? There's some things that need to change. I'm yeah. sorry. Your wife, unless she wants to, does not deserve to just have to stay at home and raise babies. What's that? Oh, what's that new term? They're trying to get them labeled as like, the birthing person? Oh, yeah, birthing oh, person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't believe that one, though. Yeah. Can't believe that one. It's called a woman. That's <laughs> called a woman. <laughs> great. <laughs> but I, I, I definitely agree with that, though. I mean, my biggest thing with that, though, is just someone needs to stay home. I don't mind putting an apron on. All right. Why, can I just say, <laughs> by the fine. way, to all the sugar mamas out there, <laughs> I cook some mean food. I can cook. And let me say, too, I look damn good in, a, <laughs> in an apron. I ain't ashamed. So I've seen these memes going around, like, if your girl was making $10 million a year, would you stay home? And they just showed a picture of a man, like, in a French maid dress, just, like, cleaning around the house. Like, yeah, I'll do that, too. Right. taking care of me. My pride is fine. Right? I'm secure in who I am. Now, with this, if I sit next to my grandpa, and this is the 1950s, and okay, I feel a different kind of way. But now that the norms are different, I'll put that apron on. Yes, ma'am. Damn straight. Hell yes, yeah. sir and ma'am. Let's go. <laughs> You won't hear me complain one bit. You will never come home to a cold dinner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I don't want that. Oh, I hope our viewers don't think of that now. Imagining us in French-made outfits. Actually, no. Imagine that, actually. Imagine that. Yeah, we, we, we can market that. Oh, we're, oh, that's it? We're marketing French-made outfits? We're not even big yet. We'll just market it anyway. Okay. All right. Maybe we should do something. Like, if we get, like, a 1,000 subscribers by, like, the end of July... Then we'll wear French made outfits in one of our podcasts. Oh, without subscribers. I'm so happy that's so far away and not going to happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm, let's put that out there. We'll shake on it in front of everybody right there. Boom. YouTube, you hear us. People over the podcast, you hear us. If y'all get us to a thousand subscribers on YouTube by the end of July, which we don't think will happen, um, 
then yeah, I will definitely wear. I will buy and wear a French made outfit. I don't care. The whole shebang. You'll get me. Eric, you? I will. Put it there. And I want a baguette on me too. Baguette. baguette. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe that. It won't happen. But and I am um, I'm happy that we did something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hold ourselves accountable. <laughs> um anyway. That's to show our own toxic masculinity. We're not scared. Right. <laughs> Put me in a French mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, all right, going off toxic masculinity now, how do you think it's going to affect our culture? What's what's going on now with people who are trying to – so the problem is that there isn't, like, a fine line. We all have to find, figure that out for ourselves. But now others are trying to dictate what it is. We have boomers who are saying, like, oh, no, it's okay to be a little – more on the toxic side. They're not articulating it that way, but that's what it is. And then you have some SJWs who are like, like they're way trying to push back. You know what I mean? Like, pussies, pretty much. Pussify you. Right? Yeah. Violence is never the answer. Uh, do you really value your stuff more than a human life? If you break into my house, you valued your, your my stuff over your life. Not me. You messed up. You messed up. You valued my stuff over your life. That's crazy, That's how Tom. it is. You ain't trying to see him succeed. <laughs> Help, me, help him out, Tom. Help him out. I'll help him out the door. <laughs> what is it? Make him Tom Brady put 12 on their chest. <laughs> Shout out to Long Beach Griffin. Oh, man. I know. When you said see him out, I thought of the Tom and Jerry meme, you know, with the cats. He does this. <laughs> that's right. <Tony. laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's it. No. Um, but how do you think it's going to, like, 20 years from now, where do you see masculinity? Well, do you think we're gonna? It's gonna stay where it is. Do you think it's gonna digress, progress? Where do you think it's gonna go? In my opinion, just from what I've just seen from just people in general, it, it will digress. Masculinity will be less and less of a thing, but not for me and you because we both speak our minds. We'll just set our own standards either by you know. Yeah, we live into what we believe. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and like you said before, Plato definitely helped me. Freddie for for me, Freddie Nietzsche definitely helped. You know, because Freddie Nietzsche and Plato, especially Freddie Nietzsche, was all about just finding out what you like and then doing it. Yeah. And not letting crowds of people dictate to you. So, for example, I'll still be a masculine man or sorry, masculine man. But I don't think I'm going to be a wimp. Also, like, for example, I will stand up for myself and I will definitely be blunt with what I say. But I'm not going to be, you know, a coward when someone throws, you know, sodic, you know, masculinity at me. I, I just I just won't care about it. But with that said, like, you know, I've definitely learned to just find a balance there. And I'm still learning that balance as I get older. Yeah. yeah. How about you, though? Um, yeah, I kind of agree. I think it's going to digress um, to the extent of where it's like, I mean, 20 years from now, I don't know how bad. Let's like let's say 50, 70. Well, look at the kids now, like the SJW kids, like the boys anyway. You have boys who are running around at the age of 23, 25. I call them boys because they don't really, they're plywood, you know? <laughs> You're plywood, bud. <laughs> You're 10 ply, bud. <laughs> Oh, man. Shout out to Leonard Kenny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that's something with <clears> – sorry. So I think it's going to digress. What I'm seeing is kind of like you said, there's 25-year-old boys out there. And what does that mean? Um, it's becoming too emotionally fragile. I'm I'm really getting sick of hearing, well, I didn't deserve to be – I didn't ask to be born. And so the parents should take care of me until I feel I'm ready to leave. That's BS. Guess what? You were the fastest swimmer, so a party you chose. All right. <laughs> Subconsciously. Sorry, you don't remember it. That's not my problem. Shoot. I don't remember signing up for all the bills I pay, but I got to pay them still. I know, right? <laughs> I try to forget them. <laughs> I try to forget my bills, but I still got to pay them. 
I do get though when people say, you know, there's no social contract. Like, yeah, you're right. You didn't technically negotiate yeah, you're right. you're true. Yeah. to be here, but you're here. So make the best of it and, you know, don't be a dick. You know, oh, I think too. Just don't be a leech. Don't be a parasite. In that sense, I yeah. will say that where it's like no one owes you anything. I get it. You were not asked to be born. And again, I'm I'm keeping this to the men, but it probably applies to women as well. You didn't ask to be born. All right. Well, you're here. Okay. So now what? So something's got to happen. Right. <laughs> Guess what? You ain't going back into your mama. <laughs> that way's done. I mean, something's got to. You got to move forward. And you're going to find a lot of happiness, I think, by moving forward. I think um, I haven't told anyone yet. I'm still not going to let the podcast know. But there is a big change coming in my own life. Um, And it's me moving forward with something. I think, you know, me and you talk about plans all the time for this podcast, for our own separate lives as well, moving forward with something. And guess what? When you choose to have that mindset of, well, I didn't ask for this. Okay. Well, start asking for stuff now. Because you're right. You didn't ask to be here. The one thing you didn't get a choice is being born. And the second thing you won't get a choice in is dying. Actually, that was something an elder used to say, someone I used to spend time with. <clears throat> he would, uh, someone tried to tell him what to do. He's like, he's like, hey, you can't do that. And he's like, the only things I have to do was to be born and to die. Everything in between is my choice. I was yeah. like, that's accountability right there. I love yeah. that. And uh, he said that. He was just a, he was a smart ass. That's what he told everyone. If you try to tell him to do something, he's like, huh, psych. <laughs> Until between my birth and my death, everything's my choice. Yep. And I think that's a mindset people are losing. I think yep. there's a lack of uh, accountability. And I'm not saying I've always been the most accountable. I'm not saying I've always – I've tried to be that now. I think in the last five years of my life, that's who I've tried to become. No more of a victim mentality. No more of a woes with me mentality. Just a, this happened, where do we go? Okay, yeah. this sucks. I, the outcome I wanted did not happen. That's happened a lot in my life. The outcome I wanted did not happen. What do I do next? I got to keep going. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I remember actually leaving, uh, you know, uh, Utah. Not Utah. Was it California? Me and you. It was me, you, and Sean Yui. Oh, know, yeah. We that. drove from. That's a story. We're going to have to tell some stories on <laughs> yeah. that sometime. But we, we, we ended up moving, though, from California to uh, Rexburg, Idaho. And I wasn't ready for that either. But I was like, I didn't want to stay in California. You know, I was like, I was over. Yeah. And so I just took accountability and said, you know what? Let me just take this major financial, mental headache of an L and go forward. Absolutely. And ever since then, I've been overall pretty good. You know, I'm. I'm good. I learned a lot of things. I learned to be more patient with things. I've learned uh, to work, you know, harder knowing that, you know, my mom's no longer here, you know. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's not dead. Don't worry. Guys. <laughs> but she's out there in California. Still. Yeah, she's okay, gone. She's, she's a long ways away. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, but like you said, you know, accountability is definitely an important thing. I think that's something that people try to do to get out of accountability is saying, well, I didn't ask for this or this happened to me. And you're right. It sucks. It sucks that maybe you just wish you weren't born. I know there's mental illness out there. The problem is, is that it doesn't, you can't just disappear. So speaking from personal experience, as bad as you want to disappear, you can't. And that I know people hate the term, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Very, um, very uh, Republican. It, yeah. It's yeah. very Republican. It is <laughs> 1950s. But what it's saying is you got to take accountability. You're right. Guess what? Stuff happens to every single person they don't get a choice in. And they have to move forward. They have to learn to deal with it. I'm not saying hide it. I'm not saying mask it, not like put it to the side, cover it up. What I'm saying is, though, you have to deal with it and keep moving forward. And it's okay if it takes time. There's nothing wrong with stuff taking time. There's stuff, I, like I said, that I wish I had done differently. There's stuff I, I wish had the outcome would have just been different. And I had to move forward. And it took me years to get over some of it. I would <clears> say, though, too, though, going off of that, if you didn't have those major bombs, you wouldn't be as gun ho about your next endeavor. I mean, if you do it, if you bomb correctly – 
you know, I, I forgot who said it, but someone said this thing, you know, if you're going to do something, do it, you know, do it big. And just if you bomb, you bomb. And I feel like that definitely helped me in the past when I bombed some shit. I was like, oh, well, that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Like, I was stuck in Florida for a while, for I think seven months without a car. Yeah. So I was biking to work. It was Ooh, hot as ball sex out Especially there. in Florida. But I made it oh, happen. Oh, man. Yeah. I barely was able to go outside. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I just made it happen. Right. You so, got to make it happen. And so for the people who are like, this is really stupid, like, <laughs> because maybe we do sound like the 1950s Republican. <laughs> But there is a point you have to help yourself. No one's coming to save you. In fact, so we're dealing with one of my hardest points in life. Um, there was a part of me that was like, man, I'm dealing with all this stuff and stuff that I, I didn't have a choice in. Some stuff was like, I was just I was just born that way. And I, it was just stuff from my childhood that made me that way. And I, was, I had to go see a therapist. And guess what? That sucked. There was, a, I think, a, a little bit of toxic masculinity of like, well, I don't want to talk about this with someone I don't know. Let me put this out there now as a PSA. Um, if you feel like you n even need to talk to someone, go do it. Go find someone. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not just always a trained therapist or a psychologist or psychiatrist, but um, you're, there's probably people on your block who are willing to listen to you, who have life advice. Some of my greatest mentors in life are in their 70s and 80s now. And it's because they've they've felt it. They know what it's like to feel alone. They know what it's like to to feel like maybe you don't belong here or that you feel like that you should just vanish. Um, but you have to realize after all the advice you get, no one is coming to save you. People will be there to help you, but no one can save you. And you got to be the person who gets up. You save yourself, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. There you go. I'm the 1950s Republican. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Cause guess what? It's not just you picking you up. It's a lot of other people too. I even uh, some of my idols who I look up to someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he would always say, I am not a self-made man. He would tell all these stories about people who helped him in the slightest bit. When he first moved to LA in a dream of pursuing bodybuilding, a bunch of local bodybuilders from his gym came over and, and they brought him utensils. They brought him like household stuff. They brought him a dinner. I think it was a Thanksgiving dinner and they ate together. Like he will never forget that because that was one of the things that made him. And so with toxic masculinity, it's, Finding that line between I need to, I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to save myself because no one's going to do it, but accepting help and understanding that you can't do it by yourself. You can pick yourself up to an extent. <laughs> you need help. You need someone to talk to. You need people to rely on. People might step you in the back, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But it's, you got to be able to just go forward and it sucks and it's scary. Um, and I think once you do that first scary thing in your life, like whatever it is, like that big challenge, again, mine coming up now, the, the self-made choice, but I'm still not going to talk about it yet. Well, at least on here. Uh, but my choice of what's coming up and that's scary to me, but I chose it. Um, something I'm committing myself to, I'm forcing myself to do it and it's whatever comes will come. I've thought about, well, what if it leaves me financially destitute? I, it's a possibility and it's all right. Then it is what it is. So at least it's a good scenery, though. You know, <laughs> won't get too much into it, but <laughs> it's it is what it is, and I'm gonna find a way. Like I said, I, even now I was talking about flipping cars, taking a. I'm just taking account. I'm not gonna rant too long. Just taking accountability and understanding that when you take accountability for the things you can and can't control, and then okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I know how to do. This is what I have. How can I make this work? And if there's like one or two things you're missing in your life, ask for help. If it's like just advice on what to do to move forward, and maybe if it's to make a little extra money or if it's just to deal with your emotional problems, get help. There's nothing wrong with that. You are still picking yourself up by your bootstraps, in my opinion, because 
it's hard to ask for help. Yeah. No, you said it good, actually. No, that's, that's how I feel, too. Go out there and kill it. Humble yourself and ask for help, and the rest will follow. Yeah, don't don't fall into that. Man, I just, golly. I was listening to some man the other day. I'm not sure if you mean to him, but we talked about toxic masculinity and did not agree with him oh. with what he was saying. What I just saying? Oh, it was just like, well, one, he he attacked people who say toxic masculinity. Like, they're trying to attack masculinity. Like, he just started to paint it like, in general, they're attacking manhood. No, no. Look at it. So you're saying look at every case? Yeah. It's yeah. like... <laughs> Well, it's like they're not attacking manhood, but they're attacking the stop acting like you have to be on no man's land. Stop acting like you have to be the sole provider for everyone in your life. If you can't humble yourself to ask for help, if you can't humble yourself to just well, to bring yourself to someone else, like we all get brought to our knees. The weakest man is the man who can't admit it, but we all get brought to our knees. That's like every every motivational video, every every movie out there. Guess what? Life knocks you down to your knees. And, but who's man enough to admit it and say, I just need help. I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. I don't know where I'm going like this. I, someone point me in the right direction, or at least someone validate that it's normal to feel this way. And, you know, I think that's something that people have lost or people had lost. And now this part, parts of this generation are trying to bring back, but now they're pushing too far back <laughs> and you got to find that right medium. So for me, <clears throat> my own personal opinion, where I stand on it, if you can't tell already, but trying to putting it into just a quick nutshell, picking yourself up by your bootstraps does not mean that you do not have people helping you or that it does not mean that you have to do everything by yourself. It just means you take accountability for things that happen to you. Yep. Out of your control. Let's move forward. Couldn't stop it. Wasn't strong enough, fast enough. Maybe at the time it was just a bad moment. It was completely out of your control. You felt like you had no power. Accept it. Take the time to accept it. It's okay. I think every man has felt that. I think every person has felt that. But of course, we're just talking about talk masculinity on this one. So, and then once you take that accountability, ask. You can just ask people like, so what, like, what do you recommend? What I do from here? But this decision I've been making recently, I've been talking to people about it. Like, just like, oh, what would you do? Kind of picking their brain because I just want to know. I'm not saying I'm trying to copycat or back up, like, like backpack off someone, but got to ask. So anyway, any uh, closing remarks, Eric? Um, I think mine is going to be simple. People out there who's listening, you know, just don't be a bitch about life. You know, <laughs> let's be, be let's be honest. I mean, I know that sounds very toxic, you know. <laughs> and that, that goes both ways. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. That means don't be someone who just sits on your mom's couch until you're 35 like, like yeah. some of the incels we talked about. Yeah. But at the same time, too, don't be a bitch, which means when you need help, you need to ask for it. Yeah. Because yeah. you're trying to put on a, a play, a show, saying that I don't need help. Yeah. That's the weakest person right there. You're on no man's land. Exactly. Go out there and just conquer life. You know, accept the challenges. You know, getting beat up will make you to a better person. Right. I'm much more braver now with what I say with people, whether it's in person or online, because I've hit so many roadblocks. It's like, oh. Well, this this is what happened to me. This is the negative thing, but it wasn't too bad. I'm still alive, so I'm going right? to keep on doing it, but do better upon it. Right? You don't so know, just go out there and work hard for it. Yeah, you don't know how strong you are until being strong is your only option. And yeah. I think everyone, everyone, hopefully, hopefully goes through something like that. And it's hard to hope that because it can be an awful situation. But you will see how strong you are, and then you will realize like what you can conquer. So that's that's it for me on toxic masculinity. That's all I got. I'm I'm worn out. Yeah, I'm done too. <laughs> you know, and maybe like I said, one of these days we need to bring a, an activist on, someone uh, 
to speak on the, the female perspective of this, of what toxic masculinity has what, done, what, what they've about, noticed. What about that one chick you work with? Oh, well, yeah, we can get into that. I'll, yeah, we'll find someone. Good. But I would love to, to talk about that as well. So anyway, um, giving another big shout out to all of our subscribers, all our listeners out there on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We, we see you guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Um, we took a pretty cool photo shoot recently, so we're excited to show some of those photos. Yeah, uh, me on my good side. Yeah. <laughs> Proving once again, an ass looks good from any angle. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, that's funny, too. Like, I wonder if we have any ass men watching. <laughs> mm, Man, that's a new marketing scheme right there. Look at that marketing strategy. <laughs> Figure that out. So, anyway, guys, thanks again for listening. We love all of you so much. We appreciate the engagement we get back. And like always, and until next time, stay the hell out of our swamp. Thank you.